Hey everybody, welcome to Far Out Dudes. It's another weekend, we got another Far Out conversation for you. I'm one of your hosts, Paul. I'm Joseph. And this week, with the Valentine's Day coming up. Mm, sexy time. Yeah, we've got a few, uh, we've got a few stories for you guys. Mm-hmm. Strange and uh, a little tragic, to be honest with you. Yeah. And so we want to pass those along to you so you can just kind of think about how you may be spending your Valentine's Day and to be careful out there. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. Don't be like one of these people. <laughs> Don't be anything <laughs> like these people. Okay. If just you're have a nice night out and then just go home. That's yes, it. that's it. That's it. Don't, don't do anything too crazy. Uh, and if you're a lonely person out there, please don't be one of these crazy people. No, don't, don't be one of these crazy people. Just so <laughs> never mind. Go just ahead. Don't. <laughs> so I'm going to start, I, I'll start off. Okay. I'll start off. I'll start off with a story that I, uh, overheard, mm. um, and read about it was uh, it was pretty tragic and sh- kind of crazy to be honest with you. Uh-huh. So it starts off with Phil, Phil and Wait, cu- cu sp- uh, spooky music. So it starts off with Phil and Peggy. Mm-hmm. Phil and Peggy were a young couple oh. who were had been dating since high school, and eventually they actually went to college together. Oh wow! Phil and Peggy were so in love, or so we thought. One at one party one night, Phil got a little tipsy. And I guess he would say in his drunken stupor, he slept with another woman. (sighs) Never acceptable. Never acceptable. Peggy found out the next day and was heartbroken. She couldn't take it. She broke up with him. Fortunately, she didn't do anything strange to herself, but she broke up with Phil. Phil was himself was heartbroken and couldn't believe the things that he did. Over the next few years, he tried his best to apologize and sent Peggy notes, cards, and every Valentine's Day he sent her flowers, cards, and candy. Nevertheless, Peggy couldn't take the heartbreak of what Phil did to her. And eventually, the flowers, cards, and candy stopped every Valentine's Day. A few years go by, Peggy meets a new man. Five to six years later after that... Is his name Hank Hill? I never... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Five to six years later after the incident, Peggy eventually moved on and married this man that she, she had. She had a new happy life. Everything was going well for her. Phil was an, just a another, th- never was another thought in her mind. Uh-huh. Well, she got over him pretty quick, huh? Uh, five to six years is a pretty <laughs> long time uh, after meeting a new guy. So I would say her new marriage was going well. She enjoyed her new life with, with her husband. Mm-hmm. Peggy's new husband had to work on the first Valentine's Day that they would have together as a married couple. And Peggy thought, I'm going to make a nice meal for my new husband. Yeah, when he gets home. When he like, gets home, we're going to celebrate. She started kind of cooking a meal and everything, and the, and the door rang. Mm. And there was a delivery. Flowers, cards, and candy. Um, Her first thought, FCC. You gotta follow the FCC rule. Yeah, you always have to. <laughs> for Valentine's Day, you have to follow the FCC rule, which is flowers, cards, and candy. Yeah. Sometimes tea for teddy bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, obviously, Peggy's first thought was, oh, "My husband, he loves me." Mm-hmm. Flowers, cards, and candy for my husband. The card was anonymous. It didn't say who it was from. 
So all she could think about was the love she had for her husband. It's from her dead husband. <laughs> and so Peggy texted her husband since he was at work, thanking him and saying she loved the flowers, cards, and candy. Mm-hmm. Her husband replied, I love you, dear, but those were from me. I'm not that nice. I would never do that for you. So Peggy didn't give it another thought. Without thinking about it any longer, as she wanted to focus on her new husband, she started cooking again. Mm. And then again, another strange knock on the door. To answer it, another delivery. Flour, cards, and candy. She is one lucky lady. This time, the card wasn't anonymous. It was from the milkman. The card said, I love you and miss you, Peggy. Oh, wait. We should be together. Huh? We've always should have been together. Signed, Bill. (laughs) Philip. Were were both of them from Peggy at that moment started to have strange... Strange concerns and, and worries. Uh, and yeah, freaking out. Mm-hmm. But thought, yeah. you know what? It's nothing. Even though at the time she thought, how did he, how does he know where I live? How did he get my address? I did, man. But at that point, she carried on and locked the doors and thought nothing of it and said, we've moved on from it. Hopefully, Phil will eventually as well. Yes, hopefully. So she continues to cook continues to light the candles and uh, she threw away the flower cards and candy that Phil left. Oh, one second real quick. What was she cooking? A special meal for her husband. Ooh. (laughs) Sounds delicious. While her meal is in the oven finishing off, Peggy goes and puts on some nice lingerie. Oh my. She hears the whole nine yards. She hears noise in the garage as the garage door opens and closes, and she thinks to herself, her husband's home. She gets excited, runs to the door to meet him. In her lingerie? In her lingerie. Oh, nice. She wanted to surprise him with a special gift of her own. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as she opens the door, she see, she's horrified to see Phil standing up the, in the garage with a gun. Oh, my. Terrified, she closes the door, locks it, and runs away. She runs to her phone. She calls 911. And Phil answers. Phil must have heard because by the time the police arrived a few minutes later, she must have been a white woman because the police arrived very quickly. (laughs) The police found no one in the garage. Peggy thought it strange as the garage door never opened and no one ever came in and out. She didn't hear anything. She didn't hear anything else after that. Uh But maybe she thought... I was just terrified. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he figured out a way out or something, or mm-hmm. maybe he did open the garage and leave. Mm-hmm. Her husband made it home, and she com- he comforted her, and, and ev- her worry subsided. As, as Phil continued to run through her mind at night, she, she, had it, she found it hard to, to sleep. Why wasn't he just walking through her mind? He had his running shoes on. <laughs> okay. And at that, she, she finally was able to rest and fall asleep, and, and so her husband kept watch overnight, and She woke up the next morning, made her coffee, ate breakfast. As Peggy turned on the television to watch the news, to her dismay, she sees a report about Phil. Self-inflicted wounds two days prior to Valentine's Day. So who was in the garage? If not Phil. Let's go. 
Better yet, was that his ghost? <laughs> so Phil's ghost opened up the garage and had a shotgun. It, I don't know what kind of gun he had. He just had a gun. Well, I thought you said shotgun. I said a gun in his hand. <laughs> oh. Well, typically when people self-inflict themselves with a gun, it's typically a shotgun. Um, I, this isn't the uh, Clinton story. That is, so. pr- <laughs> that is pretty scary. Oh. So Phil, Phil decided, hey, uh, I haven't let go. It's been five, six years. Uh, My question is, did he set up those flower deliveries before he did that to himself? Probably. I mean, you can set things up ahead of time. You never you know? know. Let's turn this spooky music off. Yeah. It's scaring me. I, I think, uh, you know, P&P, Peggy and Phil should have ended up together. High school sweethearts. But, you know, some things just don't end up the way you want. Well, that and Phil ended up sending her FCC and not even her husband. Who was yeah. just at work like, hey, yeah, I like it, but uh, yeah, no. kind of Kind of strange. Don't call me back. You know, he probably while I'm at work. He was probably planning on bringing her uh, FCCs on the way home. You know, like I'm gonna get flowers and candy and cards and everything, and then I'm gonna show up. Very true. Unfortunately, he had to rush home because uh, there was somebody in her garage. Psycho. Yeah. FCC maybe or uh, BBC. Not someone, but a ghost. So. So. It's my turn. Oh. It's cue cue the spooky music. Spooky music. I also have a. Love triangle. I have a love triangle. Ooh, not story. a not a uh, deathly hollow like mine. No, it's a deathly love triangle. Ooh, the Castillo de San Marcos in St. Augustine, Florida, is the oldest masonry fort in the United States. The site itself is dripping with paranormal activity, but today we focus on an affair that led to murder. <gasps> In 1784, <laughs> Colonel Garcia Marti brought his young wife Dolores to the fort. He wasn't the most devoted husband and often ignored his wife. Thus, she found other ways to spend her time. Wink, wink. She began an affair with her husband's assistant, Captain Manuel Abuela. Oh. And what does Abuela mean in Spanish? Grandma. <laughs> his name was well grandma (laughs) (laughs) interesting (laughs) so Dolores wore a very unique perfume which Garcia smelt on Manuel one day shortly after Dolores and Manuel went missing Garcia told everyone that Dolores had returned to Spain and that Manuel had a special assignment in Cuba about 50 years or so later a hidden room was found in the dungeon behind a brick wall the remains of a woman and a man were found but the sightings of a woman in a white dress have been reported on the site. Ooh. Could it be Dolores? <gasps> Dolores. Or could Manuel be into that kind of weird stuff and it be Manuel? Manuel, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, here the the husband still does some uh, some crazy stuff. Yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, back in the 1784s. And this kind of stuff has just been going on. Back to the 1784s? <laughs> Back in 1784. So. Yeah, so uh, I'm guessing. This kind of weird Valentine's Day love triangle kind of stuff has been going on for a very long time. Yeah. Since, since the 1700s. Well, you or to be specific, the 1784s. Love stories in general, right? I mean, they, they, either, they end up happy 
mm-hmm. or they end up tragic. So my question for this love triangle, that's more of a spade, but a triangle, what are, yeah, are there any love squares? There could be. Or love hexagons? I think, I think there's a love squares. I think it just sounds weird saying would love, love squares. <laughs> would love hexagons be more like group love? Uh, poly- those are po- polyamory. Poly- polyamorous? Yeah, polyamorous uh, relationships, you know? Out there in uh, those, those Utah. Are, those actually, <laughs> well, not even in Utah now. They're becoming just more uh, mainstream. More mainstream. It's really weird. And they don't end up as well as people think they do. No, they're all happy. Nice group love activity. <laughs> having kids and having let's three just different say, moms let's in the same house. Let's, let's just say that people do, when they fall in love, they get all up in their fields, and sometimes those fields end up very They spill over tragic. to other people's fields. Yes. So. And you end up living or in a love yeah. hexagon. Yeah, yes, in a, in a terrible love hexagon. <laughs> so I want to wrap it up uh, with this little story of how... Do you know how Valentine's Day came to be? Uh, I, I've got my own origin stories that I've read about, but uh, what, do, what do you have? It doesn't involve Kim. Good thing, because I would say Kim probably was probably uh, not a good idea. Uh, it does involve, but some then blood, again, though. it does seem like Kim really wants to see if people love her. You know, I mean, yeah. it's only just to make sure it's true love and not fake. She has and trust issues, yeah, abandonment issues. I think something. I mean, she's. <laughs> Anyways, so did you know that um, Valentine's Day was celebrated all around the world? Around the world, yeah. around the world. They're not uh, blue. Well, some people are blue, but uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that. I, I didn't thought it was. Either. I thought it was. I think more like, I thought like, like a, Thanksgiving it was more of an American thing. Yeah, but this version comes from Rome. What kind of virgin? Uh, this virgin. Ooh, this version comes from uh, Romans. Was, they celebrated uh, February thirteenth through the fifteenth, the feast of. Uh, Lupercalia? Lupercalia? Leprechaunia? Leprechaunia. I don't, I have no idea. That's not the, that's, uh, well, maybe it was a little bit of the origin story. I didn't look up the origin Anyways, story this time. Anyways, I'm going to pronounce it Lupercalia. Okay. Uh, if someone wants to correct me, they're more than welcome Comment to. down below and let Joseph know he was wrong in the pronunciation. So, in this festival, they would sacrifice goats and dogs. Ooh. Mm, yummy. Yummy. You, you know, dogs are eaten on other uh, areas of the uh, of the planet. To this day. Yeah. Yeah. So after they would sacrifice these goats and dogs, okay. it, would f- it was followed by whipping the women with the hides Ooh. of these slain animals. That, uh, that makes sense. Uh, every now and then, you need a little uh, whipping. And <laughs> <laughs> some women would agree. Yes. Yes. Uh, so you know, the, do you know what depending this Depending on their... their uh, their taste. Their taste, yeah. So do you know why they were whipping these women? I would say the women were, those are the kinds of things that they liked that, uh, back then during that time. They were, hey, you know what? Valentine's Day, let's do this thing. You know, <laughs> let's go into the bedroom and and you bring that, uh, you bring that dog old, skin, that <laughs> old animal hide there, and you <laughs> you slap me around with it a little, you know. <laughs> do do a little Fifty Shades of Grey with me. I think they had the book back then, uh, and the they, original. Yeah, they had the original Fifty Shades of Grey back in. But the, uh, uh, back times. then, there was only like five shades. So it was like Five Shades of Grey. Oh, okay. Five Shades of Grey. So no, they did it. They whipped these women with the hides to avert evil spirits. Uh, not to be misogynistic, but. Every now and then, uh-huh. there's a certain time of the month.
Mm-hmm. So anyways, this <laughs> festival was believed to bring uh, fertility and good health to ah, the women. Fertility you know? gods again. There and it was go. up to the men to really just whip them into shape. Literally. Beat them beat them into fertility. That that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that so. we need them uh we need them bleeding from their backs to know that yeah. they're very fertile. You fertile yet? So this evolved uh into the Western Christian Church. They announced on the 14th day of February as St. Valentine's Day to honor two early Christian martyrs, both mm. named Valentine. Valentine. Okay. Uh, okay. Who were executed the same day in different years in the 3rd century AD. Well, it, it's one of those things that we've learned before in the past where like kind of like the Krampus thing. Krampus. Uh, Krampus. Yeah. Was a Krampus mm-hmm. thing where Christians come in Hey, this saint that we really and really like, we're gonna, and he loved the people. Mm-hmm. Why don't we call it Valentine's Day? The Pope, uh, one of them, mm-hmm. it doesn't say, but uh, they combine both Pope, Pope Valentine's Pope Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. That was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pope Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was his name, but okay. He combined that day and okay. the festival of Lupercalia. Still calling it that. Oh, okay. Wrong, I so. think because of Valentine's Day, they needed a little bit of lubrication with the whipping and the lubrication. Yeah. Yes. So instead of it going through that festival, going like three days or two days long, it, it was all just on one day. Yeah. February fourteenth, and they slipped right through that with the lubricationalia. Yep. It was just too rough, so they needed to lubricate it. Yeah. Because they never gone through just one. Yeah. You know. So they had to lubricate it and make sure it things went smoothly. So again, because if you try to force it, it's never going to go. So that is the real and the official origin. I don't care what anyone else says. That is it. So I've got another story that I found, and this is from an article that I found online, actually. Okay. Is it going to be more murder? It, 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 killings? It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I think I'm sticking that's with the, that, uh, you know, with that routine right there. The I mean, I'm sticking with that. Uh, what would you call it? The trend of it. I, I'm sticking with that trend right there with the whole uh, murder Valentine's Day. Yeah, because it seems like Valentine's Day love and just like death and murder kind of <laughs> go hand in hand with each so other. So I think with this one, I'm going to combine like murder and ghosts together. Ooh, how about that? Okay. How, how do you like that one? Let's do let's, it. Let's do. Let's uh, put those together there. Who that's Pukamuzu. So it's a it's a romantic. Jess Strange deserted his wife and children and began a new life in Albany, New York. He lived under a new name, Joseph Orton, and began working at the Van Rensselaer residence at Cherry Hill. So this guy just left his family that he already had and started working somewhere else. Sometimes you're not happy. He caught the eye of the affluent Elsie Van Rensselaer, a married woman. So she was married, everyone. Uh Uh-huh. Jesse and Elsie decided their love could really flourish without Elsie's husband, John Whipple, around. Wonder how that's going to turn out. Say nipple. Whipple. Oh. In May of 1827, after a failed attempt of arsenic poisoning, Jesse Strange shot John Whipple. John and Elsie tried to hide their murder plot, but they didn't cover their tracks very well. Did they try to cover them at all? So this guy, so they tried to kill them with arsenic. He was just like, that's not going to work. Let me just go straight to the gun. He's like, <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing, bro? Arsenic does nothing to me. I eat arsenic for breakfast. <laughs> and, so, and so Jesse's like, oh, yeah? 
then take this metal. It's like, no, I've just started eating little <laughs> 22s for breakfast. I'm not <laughs> built up to that <laughs> caliber yet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, obviously they didn't hide it well because what this article says is that there's a new favorite blog called Murder by Gaslight. And it describes the sensational trial that followed. So I'm going to read some of those excerpts from that uh, from that uh, vlog. You may want to find that out because I didn't go look it up. I just found this article. <laughs> In June, Jesse Strange confessed to the murder and told prosecutors where to find the rifle. Oh, so there you go. Shot him with the rifle. Mm. He believed that if Elsie was convicted as well, her powerful family connections would get them both pardoned and he tried to lay blame on her. But when his lawyer and prosecutors told him that nothing he said against Elsie would lighten the punishment, he withdrew his he withdrew his confession. So he thought, I'm going to blame her for it. Maybe I'll get a little bit of leniency and since with she, her. And since she loves me, the affluent, this married woman, this affluent family, this rich family will get me off as well. You thought she was going to get him off. Well, guess first. what? Jesse thought wrong. Members of the household testified that they heard Strang spread the stories of prowlers out to kill Whipple. So Mr. Jesse went and was already kind of plotting the whole mm-hmm. thing to kind of... What a dumb thing to do. To kind of hide his his uh, his trail there. The merchants who sold him the rifle and the arsenic. So there was one merchant here that uh, sold Jesse, Mr. Strang, the arsenic and the rifle. <gasps> so that same merchant testified as did the hotel keeper who had seen Strang and Elsie together. <gasps> There's witnesses. Yes. They're just uh, friends. So the love triangle. The just plot, the plot thickens. But it was Strang's confession admitted over the objection of the defense which sealed his fate. And as the jury deliberated, it only took 15 minutes before returning a verdict of not guilty. Guilty. And now it was Elsie's turn, her trial, right? The two were in love. Mm -hmm. The hotel keeper saw them. Mm -hmm. The merchant knows of Jesse who bought the rifle and the arsenic. Yes. So what would come of Elsie after Jesse had confessed that it was both of them? Um, Let me guess. Her rich family got her off. Elsie's trial followed the same course as Strang's, except the prosecutors tried to call Strang as a witness. There was much delay. There was much debate over his eligibility to testify because he had been convicted, mm-hmm. but not yet sentenced. So at that point, they probably thought, you know what? Maybe if I say something, they'll lower down my sentence and they'll get her and me. Strang was strange. Strang, yes, yeah, Strang was strange. <laughs> In the end, the judge would not allow his testimony. The prosecutors rested, and the jury, without leaving their seats, acquitted Elsie Whipple. The Albany establishment had closed ranks to save one of their own for a public hanging. So, mm. as you said, Joseph, the rich saved the rich. Of course. Gotta look out for each other, you know? So, Jesse Strang was found guilty of first-degree murder, and Elsie Whipple was found not guilty. And so, here's, here's what the Albany tourist site says, and this is, the, this is the interesting and ghostly part. According to an Albany tourist site, all members of the this love triangle roamed the halls of Cherry Hill. <gasps> People have witnessed a ghost on the bottom floor of Cherry Hill and believed it was Mr. Whipple. God. He is not hostile, but gives off a feeling of anger. 
Jesse Strang's ghost is seen where the gallows once stood, wearing the same clothes he wore the day of his execution. Well, what else would he be wearing? A suit. Okay. I don't know why. That just came to my mind. Maybe just nothing. Like a Maybe white butt ghost. naked <laughs> ghost walking <laughs> yeah, around the gallows. Like mist, you know what I mean? Yeah. He'd be just a naked misty ghost. There there might be one out there. Who knows? I don't know. Would would they be wearing the same clothes that they were wearing? You would think so. Yeah, it, it makes sense. <laughs> Oh, I guess, they, oh, yeah, what was the point of adding that into the, the commentary <laughs> there? But whatever. Well, let's wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. If you have any strange, scary, murderous love triangles similar to ours or other stories that you would like to share, comment down below. Let us know. Uh, you can do it anonymously. That way, if you're involved, we won't know. Yeah. You know? I, oh, that would be really interesting if you're the if you comment down below on something you have been a part of. Yeah, something strange. Ooh. Like if your Oh, that interests me. Long distance internet girlfriend said to go and send you a drop of blood or go yeah. get a cat. That'd be or crazy. Or an old person to adopt. Yeah, that'd be far out like our show. <laughs> far out. So <laughs> let us know. That'd be crazy. No, that that really would be. If if like you you personally have one mm-hmm. of those crazy stories, let us know. Comment down below. Tell us that story because that'd be crazy. And if it's a really good story, we'll actually read it uh and let the let the uh, viewers and podcasters uh, know. For sure. So like, share, subscribe. Share Hit with your the friends. Bell. Listen everywhere else. Hit the bell. There's a bell there. And uh, this is the end.